You too? I thought we were the only ones. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Well, hello and welcome back to Elevate Ordinary. I'm your host, John Mark Grodi. I'm Teresa Grodi. And we're back with another ordinary conversation about the ordinary pursuit of truth, goodness, and beauty. I had one too many ordinaries in there. Oh, well, we're here for another uh, episode. Thank you for joining us for this ordinary episode. Today we're talking about uh, friendship. Talking about friendship um, with others, friendship with God. Uh, we'll get into a little bit into the gospel today, and then about uh, building a little bit about building community and building friendship. You know, some some of those sorts of things. Before we get to that stuff, I want to remind you as always that if you go to awakencatholic.org/slash/donate, you can jo- join the Awaken Nation, become part of this mission of sharing truth through beautiful media, and you'll have our hearty thanks. Um, uh, also, you can download the app by going to theawakenapp.io. Good community there. You can follow the shows. You can interact with hosts and other members. It's a good place. Check it out. Finally, uh, the Hallow app at hallow.app slash awaken. It's a great app to help your, your meditation, your prayer life. And if you uh, download the free subscription, you go through our link there. Uh, it helps the ministry. Uh, and you get a 30-day <laughs> trial subscription. Do it. It's good. Teresa, I love my Hello app. My good I love friend, my Hello app. I've been and um, lover and sister right, and bride. Right. Continue Hello app. You like it? Yeah. No, I love it. I'm on like day 123 of Father Mike Schmitz's Bible in a year. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. If you're not doing that, just start on day one. It's it's so amazing. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I've never. I don't think I would have ever suggested to someone who didn't have an amazing mature spiritual life or mm-hmm. who had guidance to go through the old testament to just pick up the old testament and read it yeah um because i've read the old testament before and i remember thinking like if i didn't know who jesus was if i didn't yeah. have friendship with jesus mm. this would be really hard for me to fit into but i can't believe it um father mike schmitz his commentaries are so short they're like five minutes every day yeah. and they are spot on so if you've ever wanted to read the Bible through, like download the Hallow app at hallow.app slash awaken. Awaken. So uh, yes. it supports our ministry. Yeah. Um, but man, it's it's amazing. Yeah. Father Mike anyway. clearly is a man who is friends with our Lord Jesus and you can walk through the Bible with him. It's quite cool. Yeah. So. They, they didn't pay us. Ascension <laughs> did not pay us to say this. This is just from our own hearts. This is just so. <laughs> anyway. Have you ever dreamed of visiting Paris in the fall? Seeing the beautiful Eiffel Tower lit up by a sunset? Visiting and venerating holy locations of the Sister Saints of France in the Sioux, Paris, Lourdes, and more? This fall 2021, join Select International Tours with Claire Swinarski from The Catholic Feminist, author and speaker Catherine Whitaker, and our amazing hosts Morgan Holliger and Megan Burwell from Awaken's show Naked Without Shame on a one in a lifetime send river cruise pilgrimage join our friends at select international tours and cruises with over 34 years of experience they are the perfect company to help you experience pilgrimage to learn more visit selectinternationaltours.com/awaken bon voyage 
friendships, what we're talking about today. And I want to begin, so this began, because Teresa, you were, you were reflecting on the gospel passage from today, and we're going to get to that. We're going to reflect a little bit on that, but I want to, I want to, I want to prologue that. I don't want to say, I want to, I want to prepare that, give the context for that by talking a little bit about friendship. And we're going to go to our good friend, C.S. Lewis, and our good, our good uh, brother in the faith, C.S. Lewis, uh, he wrote the book uh, Four Loves. We talked about four different kinds of, of love that humans experience, they engage in. And of course, one of those loves is a philia or friendship love. And he's, he's using the, the old Greek terms. I think they are philia. Yeah, that sounds Greek. Um, so I'm going to read a little passage from him. So uh, Lewis writes... Uh, and this actually also explains our, our goofy uh, intro also. He writes, Friendship arises out of mere companionship when two or more of the companions discover that they have in common some insight or interest or even taste which the others do not share and which, till that moment, each believed to be his own unique treasure or burden. The typical expression of opening friendship would be something like, What? You two? I thought I was the only one. It is when two such persons discover one another, when, whether with immense difficulties and semi-articulate fumblings or with uh, what would seem to us amazing and elliptical speed, they share their vision. It is then that friendship is born, and instantly they stand together in an immense solitude. So, I like that quote for a number of different reasons. I've always found Lewis's insights on the, on the four loves very interesting. But that, um, first of all, just that experience of meeting someone and having that, that moment of, you too, you know, like the the way they see the world, their tastes, their preferences, the projects they're interested in, you know, maybe just the way that they, they see their relationship with the Lord, you know, it's a fellow Christian. You have that spark, that moment of, ah, Hey, yeah. Yeah. You're one of my people there. You know, yeah. that is interesting insight because we've all had that experience. And so it's, it's interesting to, to reflect on that. And so friendship again, as defined by Lewis here, it's the kind of love, um, First of all, it's different than like a romantic love because in romance, as, as Lewis points out, there's kind of a, a turning toward each other, whereas friendship sort of turns outward toward a common thing. And we're like, hey, we're both into this thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. You know, not turning towards, but standing shoulder, shoulder to shoulder, sharing a common vision and walking towards it mm-hmm. you know, in solidarity. Yeah, Lewis uh, says elsewhere, um, again, the, the Greeks had, had this, uh, this sense that the friendship was this... Um, very unique kind of love. It was the kind of love that made us most like the gods because unlike the other, the lower loves, which not, not lower in, in the sense of denigrating them, but in, in affection or in romantic love, they were bound up with our biology, but they, they recognized in something, something different in friendship love where it, it sort of steps outside of the normal course of things and something is chosen. Something's, Yeah. Yeah, I actually want to go someplace uh, outside of our outline. Go for it. Now, because I think it's important that we talk about this first so that it kind of fleshes out the rest. So, John Mark, um, I do a little um, radio spot on our local Catholic radio station, Annunciation Radio, which is awesome. And they're very kind to let me come and talk live. You do a good job. You do a good job. (laughs) Once a week. They don't know what I'm going to say. I can't believe they've let me do this for like a year. Um, But it's just, it's a reflection on the gospel um, for the day. And today's gospel, um, from the gospel of John, Jesus says to his disciples, this is my commandment, love one another as I love you. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command you, I no longer call you slaves because a slave does not know what his master is doing. I I have called you friends because I have told you everything that I have heard from my father. 
It is not you who chose me, but I who chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit that will remain so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give to you. This I command you love one another. You know, sometimes when we meet Christ first as a savior or as a Lord, as a judge, or maybe even as a pursuing spouse, um, you know, it's, he, he kind of sets up this relationship. The Lord says that, um, you are my friends if you do what I command. And you Mm -hmm. pointed this out to me this morning that how strange for a friend, you wouldn't turn to a friend and be like, do what I command. Yeah. At first blush, it sounds a little odd, you know, but you know, in living the Christian life, there is at first when you meet Christ and he is kind of a master, Mm -hmm. he is your Lord, he is your savior. He is what is you are humbled by Mm -hmm. and humble to that. You have to obey Mm -hmm. his commands. You know, you say, this is true. Jesus is my savior. He is the Lord. Um, Through him, all things were created and the Catholic church is the Catholic church. So I want to learn what the Catholic church teaches. And I have to say, I'm going to try to be obedient to this, even if I don't understand what it is. And I'm going to pull out a, um, just an example so that we can kind of talk about an example. Mm -hmm. So theology of the body, the church is teaching on human sexuality. Um, you know, at first when you're getting married and you come, you become accustomed to this teaching and you're like, wow, this, this teaching is hard, Mm -hmm. no contraception, safe sex for marriage, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, well, I want to be obedient. I want to do it. So this is going to be hard, um, but I'm going to do what our Lord says. And, you know, we've been married almost 11 years now. We haven't been married 50 years, you know, so we have <laughs> we have a little bit of experience. We have more than a honeymoon, you know, um, not all the experience. But even after 10 years or so, when you start to live chastely within marriage, you know, within the sacrament, um, you start to feel this, um, this freedom, this self mastery, this happiness, this explosion of life. And through that obedience to Christ, through that obedience to his church, um, you are transformed. Your heart becomes transformed. And now the Lord's vision, okay, now it's speaking Mm -hmm. specifically in this example, the Lord's vision for human sexuality now becomes your vision. And you stand shoulder to shoulder with the Lord and you look out at the rest of humanity and you say, Lord, I I mean, I want this for them too. Right. And so now it's you and the Lord standing shoulder to shoulder, you and God. Mm -hmm. I mean, can you even imagine that the Lord is is the creator of the universe is offering us friendship where we stand shoulder to shoulder with him, sharing a common mission, sharing a common vision. Mm -hmm. And, but so it comes through kind of like the, the gospel, our Lord tells us in the gospel today that you do what I command you to do. And through that, your heart is changed so that we can share this so that we can have a friendship. Right. It's no longer a slave relationship. Right. Right. It's no longer a master and a slave. Yeah. It's a friendship. Yeah. The Judeo Christian God is both higher and nearer than, than any other God, any other, any other religion, both more transcendent and more immediate. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the incarnation is this amazing condescension. God coming down to be with us. So that we can be friends with them, not because we we raised ourselves up, not because we went out, out and found God, but He came and found us, and then He invites us into relationship. Now, again, that the language of "You're my friends if you do what I command you." Well, God has come down and speaks to us on our level, but He's still God. Mm-hmm. 
And for us to have communion with God, again, in his heart, in his very nature, he can't change. We have to move nearer to him. You know, and so again, when we imitate Christ, I mean, this is what this passage really gets at in my mind, is that when we imitate Christ, when we practice the virtues, you know, when we live a godly life, it's not just these individual actions. It's that over time, what, what we're, we're changing, we're being changed by Christ, we're, we're, we're becoming like him. Mm-hmm. And so our hearts become like his heart. And so, again, it's interesting. So what we want to do today is kind of look at that, that image of friendship that Lewis gives us and look at that at, as kind of an icon to give us insight into our relationship with God and then, you know, the nature of friendships. But again, that, that notion of um, when you meet someone or when you encounter someone and your heart, their heart is like yours. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the kind of friendship we want with God. But for us to have that, we have to become like God in the sense of we have to imitate. And God became man. He shows us what it looks like. He shows us how to live out a good, you know, holy, virtuous, just life. And so we can imitate Christ. And as we imitate him, we become more like him. And then we're able to, mm-hmm. we're able to as you said, you, you were getting into the kind of the freedom that comes yeah. in, living, in living the life, right? There's yeah. a freedom that comes out of that. Yeah. Sometimes I think we look at people who, who have a, like a resurrected freedom, Hmm. you know, have this, uh, sometimes we'll we'll look at them and just be like, oh, they're dreamers. They're naive. They're this Hmm. or that. Um, But I, I think that, that when you become obedient and you go through the death of obedience, Hmm. the resurrection does follow. And the resurrection comes with, with like a light and a clarity, mm-hmm. um, that, that, <laughs> that it takes the suffering and the obedience to get through. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. So uh, let's talk more about friendship itself. Um, so friendship, I think gives us friendship on the human level as then Lewis gives us that example, you know, meeting someone who shares your heart, shares your passion, shares your interest. Uh, we can, we can immediately see how that gives us an icon, um, uh, to think about what God's inviting us into because, you know, God introduced these words, God introduced the word father, you know, God is father. And so that we, we take that seriously because God introduced that word into the discourse, you know, through his inspired scripture writers. And so in this case, friendship when Christ calls us his friends, that's not insignificant. We didn't put that word in there. The inspired scripture writer, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit gave us that word that God does want to be friends with us. And mm-hmm. so we look to our human friendships to try to understand a little bit of what that means. And again, so um, having a similar heart, you know, Aristotle uh, wrote at some point in some book. <laughs> <laughs> I do sometimes a good job of looking like I'm really well read. I don't remember where the source from this from, but Aristotle famously wrote, "A true friend is one soul in two bodies," which again reminds me of what Lewis is talking about. It's you meet someone for whom their soul and yours seem a similar shape. You know, they they seem to feel and think. Uh, and and respond to things the way you do, and so you have this sort of bond with them. Yeah, not to call yeah. her out, but one of the founders of Awakened Catholic, yeah. <laughs> Alina De La Torre. Yes, I think I'm I'm going to be really vulnerable here, yes. but I feel like we are meant to be friends, Alina. Aww. What's the, what's the line from uh, <laughs> Anne of Green Gables? What? Oh, bosom friends, or kindred spirits, kindred spirits, right? kindred yes. spirits. That's that. Yes, I love as a, as a quick aside. I love old phrases and terms. 
that bear a lot of uh, philosophical significance. And those are a couple of them. It's like, what, yeah. we, you might use them and you might read them in a book unthinkingly, but kindred spirits, what does that mean? Well, it means someone that in their spirit, you have this instinctive, in, instant friendship because their soul seems like yours. Mm-hmm. Their heart uh, is like your heart. I, I was writing down a couple, I was thinking about um, hymns and prayers where some of this imagery comes up. Again, thinking of both our human relationships and how that, uh, you know, bears on, gives insight into our relationship with God. I was thinking one of our favorite hymns is Be Thou My Vision. Mm-hmm. And later on in that song, I think it's the third or fourth verse, it's introduced, heart of my own heart, speaking to the Lord, heart of my own heart, whatever befall, still be my vision, O ruler of our, a rule of, ruler of all. <laughs> heart of my own heart. I love that. Yeah. Another another favorite prayer of mine, and this is, you know, it's it, uh, drawn out of scripture a little bit. Um, I don't remember where it comes from, but Jesus meek and humble of heart, make my heart like unto thine. You know, and I, I feel like, again, in the context of that scripture passage where, where uh, Christ offers us this friendship, if we do what he commands, well, when we do what he commands, our heart is made like his. That's what we're praying for. That's what we're working for. Um, because when our heart becomes like his, not only do we have friendship with God, but we're able to love other people, as you said earlier, mm-hmm like he loves them, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's where the, the, the Christian service, the Christian love, the Christian uh, participation in the redemption of the world really comes out when we can begin in some small way to love like Christ loves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have two places in my brain that I want to think yes. out loud to you, mm-hmm. at you. Do it. Okay. <laughs> um, one is, so how do we actually understand what friendship is? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we live in a, an increasingly like anti-vulnerability society, anti-connection society. Yeah, it's paradoxical, isn't it? Um, Cause it, like we're hyper-connected, but there's, I think less and less real vulnerability. In yeah. Friendship. But in ways that I think build um, judgment, mm-hmm. uh, or predispose us to judgment. Mm-hmm. Like think about all those like open letters too. you know, mm-hmm. like open letter to this mom who at the playground said this thing to me. Mm-hmm. Well, so that those things sound interesting or an interesting insight, or I'm, I'm learning more about this person, but they also like add to our, add to our walls, you know, like open letter yeah. to a person who didn't want to talk to me because my husband has cancer. Well, so you read one of those things and then you're like, your friend has cancer. And then you're like, have I, I got to stop interacting with them because I don't know if I'm going to offend them. Maybe mm-hmm. it would just be best for me to just not interact with them. Right. And, and as we're, <laughs> so it's, it's ironic because as we continue to post content, because everybody has to have content, we have to have content. This is, this is what we do. Like, right? subscribe, share. But I mean, like, as things. we become an increasingly content society, mm-hmm. it kind of builds these prejudices against everyone. Right. right? Mm -hmm. So how in the world, how do we make friends and keep them? Mm -hmm. You know, um, because friendship clearly is a way that God is teaching us how to love him, how to love others. It's important. Mm -hmm. We all crave it. We're all lonely without it. Um, so how, how do we do that? I think you have a book from Dubai where you have a few insights that he has, but I'm just thinking like, 
I, you know, you, I, I see a lot of moms and mom groups and they're just like, how do, how do you make friends? How do you make friends? You know, I actually, um, when we moved to Perrysburg, I really want to do, um, an episode on community building, yeah. um, beyond this. But when we moved, um, from Steubenville to Perrysburg, mm-hmm. I was lonely, you know, I'm an extrovert and we, yeah, I grew up in this area, mm-hmm. but I, didn't know anybody because we'd been gone for so long and we had gotten married and I have kids and all of our college friends moved away. We had an incredible college community, actually Nick and Alina De La Torre who started Awaken Catholic, Andrew Reinhardt, who's on this channel, Pete Range. We all met at the same, um, college. Um, like how do I make friends? Mm -hmm. Um, and I just started reaching out to the ladies who I met in the back of church with their kids, Mm -hmm. like the, the ladies who go in the back and are trying to keep your kids quiet. Yeah. Um, we just kind of met in the back of church mm-hmm. and through that, you know, we've, we've built some, somewhat of a stable Catholic community, you know, and I think this year has been a test for it, but it's just like, yeah. how do you make and sustain friends? Because it does seem like friendships are kind of based on movements now or clicks mm-hmm. or clubs or whatever, yeah. but those don't last. Yeah. Well, so a few things I would say there. So you, you brought up first, uh, the effects of kind of the new media social media atmosphere that we're all kind of living and breathing in. That's a piece of this. I think one thing I'd say about there is that there are many difficulties and problems with uh, community and friendships and relationships these days. Um, And there are many, many of those issues are connected to the media. I think one of them that's relevant here is that um, we humans tend to, when we're not, you know, really actively trying to avoid doing this, we tend to go the path of least resistance now, friendships often just happen, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and you, and you, you meet somebody that's similar to you. But I mean, another aspect of friendship I want to talk about is that, um, you know, the throughout history, you know, the Greeks have mentioned this, and Thomas and others, you know, that part of the virtuous life is hanging around virtuous people. You know, making good friends, friends that are good for you. I don't remember how Peterson put this in his book, you know, like you need, you need to be friends with people who want the best for you, who really want to see your good. So it's a um, good idea to meet the ladies in the back of church with the kids. So, so there is <laughs> the something, right there's just something right about being proactive with um, going out and trying to find friends, trying to build community because you, you're going to, you're going to, your heart's going to grasp for friends. Now, if we spend our, t- our days, you know, lonely on the one hand and then like surfing social media, eventually you're going to find community, but it may not be a community that's really feeding you or helping you or edifying you. Um, another, another point I want to make here is that friends, um, you can, there can be friends among thieves. Have you ever heard that mm-hmm. phrase before? I mean, there, there can be, there can be honor and loyalty amongst villains. Mm-hmm. You know, friendship is something that can be you know, based on a common interest or project or mission. That's not good. You know, you may, um, so friendship can be something that uh, friendship with other people that we share good values with, good projects, a good mission. You know, the desire to be holy, to be uh, to be a saint, to follow the Lord. Those can be really good for us. Those can be tools. Those can be um, the ways that the Lord uh, brings us into community and helps us to become who He's calling us to be. But friendship can also take us through the direction. We can we can become friends with people because they share our propensity for some vice, mm. for gossip or for mm. you know I don't know drinking and smoking or something I like hate that. This you know, particular like, church leader. And so uh, yeah, do too. We, we, we get we get. <laughs> I thought I was. <laughs> I knew I wasn't the only one. No, so that's I think you know especially with when the media makes it so easy for us to follow the paths of least resistance and also to engage and connect with other people who engage in our same vices, we have to be extra careful to say, you know what? 
friendship is a is a is a, such a good and ho- um, and can be such a holy and helpful thing but i need to i need to uh kind of f- seek it out and mm-hmm. build it and uh pursue it in, in a good context where I'm gonna, i find people that god can introduce people into my life that we can help each other uh mm-hmm. to become better people yeah. yeah so i guess perhaps um a practical mm-hmm. is to build friendships on positives and loves and not solely on we're friends because we both have this common enemy right you know like i'm not super happy about mm-hmm certain kinds of farming but if i only surround myself with people who hate that particular kind of farming the fruit from hatred is never going to bring about like you know it's never going to bring about something positive and lasting if i have a love instead for like fertility and earthly fertility and you know abundance the abundance like perhaps that's a better way um you know um sometimes we talk about how our particular marriage, mm-hmm. our chaste love, mm-hmm. our, like, I don't know, our, 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 I don't know what I'm saying here. Our marriage yeah. allows us to love people of the opposite sex, like so much more deeply um, than we could have if we had still been a single person confused about our vocation. Okay. So when you don't, get married, I don't miss those days. Yeah. Yeah. No, me, me either. Um, so like the, the idea that you meet someone you're like, Oh, this could have been someone I could have dated, mm-hmm. which could be like 50% of the population, honestly. Like, um, but so that doesn't go away. The, the initial attraction to someone. Um, but the, the love from essentially obedience, you know, yeah. being obedient to our marriage vows and yeah. whatever allows me to love people in a way I've never loved people before in my mm-hmm. life. Like thinking about um, my female friends, spouses, mm-hmm. loving them for the sake that they are per- making my friend, my girlfriend, mm-hmm. a free woman, a woman who is fulfilled and taken care of and you know like um her needs are met her husband is sacrificing you know sacrificing for her um mm-hmm. makes me love that particular person yeah in a real friendship kind of way mm-hmm. you yeah you you know you've always wanted to go to Paris. Well, now's your chance. If you go with Select International Tours, the sponsor of today's Awaken Catholic Show episode, you can join Claire Swinarski from the Catholic Feminist Podcast, as well as author and speaker Catherine Whitaker and our amazing hosts Morgan Holliger and Megan Burwell from Awaken's show Naked Without Shame on a once-in-a-lifetime Seine River Cruise pilgrimage in France. Visit and venerate the Sister Saints of France in Lisieux, Paris, and more. Sacre bleu! Learn more by visiting selectinternationaltours.com slash awaken. You know, I hate, it's so hard having grown up in a culture where any kind of crush, mm-hmm. crush, I guess even that word, you know, any kind of like movement of attraction to another person has to be viewed as an ultimate end as like sexual, you know, like, so I study Abraham Lincoln and that there's a whole group of people who are just like, well, he must've been interested in men because he had, you know, like normal relationships with men at the time. Right. Yeah. Um, completely normal for the time. You know, and, and, um, 
you know, our obedience to our sacrament mm-hmm. has, and, and the no, essentially the no to everyone else has allowed me to love yeah. and wish the good for people in a way I never could have been capable of right. had I not said no to everyone else. Yeah. I think friendship of the kinds of love, um, and we're not going over the different kinds of love that Lewis talks about today, but you know, there's, there's a affection, kind of a natural human affection type of love. And of course there's Eros, which is this, you know, romantic, um, <laughs> gazing into each other's eyes type of love. And then there's agape, you know, the, the, the divine uh, love that, that we can't do, but we can receive and participate in through our relationship with the Lord. Uh, but in between there, I think, you know, what's interesting about the friendship love, it, it, I think what it shares maybe in common with agape is that it engages more fully our will. Like it is more in our, in our choice, you know, to when we see someone to to choose this person, when again when we when we find someone with a similar heart to 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 go into that relationship or to work at that that friendship to become, again this friendship with with Christ, um, because we want to form good friendships with other people. I think putting our friendship with Christ first is an important thing because as we grow in virtue, I think we're we're better able to have this sort of, we, to have friendship, to be a good friend in, in other areas with other people. Um, because again, as you're saying, as we practice obedience, as we practice virtue, our hearts are more free. You know, they're not as attached. They're not, we're not pulled down into our vices. We're not maybe pulled into, into bad or, um, you know, friendships that are not edifying. Mm-hmm. We're able to pursue, to put ourselves in good context, to, to raise our heart and our mind to good things so that, that we really can, you know, like find other people that, that build us up in those ways. And so, um, I think there's, there's an element of providence in all this too, you know, in the sense of that God calls us to himself to be friends with himself. That's, Mm -hmm. he calls us to that, that friendship. Wow. Um, but also that uh, when we, we want to see friendships as this gift of God as well. Mm -hmm. There's another quote from Lewis talking about this. I wanted to read. I, yeah. I think w- when I think of friendship, I always think of the end of um, Narnia. Yeah. When they're all, you know, the heaven and earth are passing away mm-hmm. and it's, they're all running yeah. further up and further in. Yeah, further up, further in. And when I, I am thinking of certain friends right now, mm-hmm. okay, friends who I feel like have been providentially put in my life to love and, and essentially to run, to run up that mountain, you know, yelling further up, further in. Um yeah. Yeah. So. No, I, actually, so I mean, backing up before I go into the quote I was going to read, um, this is a, I'm just, I was looking on um, cslewis.com. <laughs> I found a good uh, summary of his teaching on friendship and they make note. However, Lewis um, thinks friendship likely has closest resemblance to heaven where we will be intertwined in our relationships. We develop a kinship over something in common and that longing for camaraderie makes friendship all the more wanted. Friendship must be about something, Lewis says, even if it were only an enthusiasm for dominoes or white mice. Those who have nothing, who have nothing can share nothing. Those who are going nowhere can have no fellow travelers. In heaven, we have the fullness. We have the fullness of knowledge and experience of the Lord. And so we can have perfect friendship with the world, with the Lord, but also perfect camaraderie, perfect friendship with those, with the others. But isn't it, isn't it like a continuous revealing? So it's not, this is weird because we're thinking of time, but I think it's like a continuous. I like to think of heaven as the end of uh, Narnia. Yes. Yeah. Like a continuous (laughs) revealing, a continuous, like just further and further Mm -hmm. 
coming to know someone else. Like I was, I was pondering this the other day that if I get to heaven, it's my goal. Yeah. And this other person gets to heaven Mm -hmm. that there will just be this continuous knowing and being known with that person in light of reality, which is God. (laughs) Um, And that just our friendship is something that will like, I can't even, I can't even plumb the depths. Like having a conversation is the closest we can have Mm -hmm. to, to heaven, this side of earth, Mm -hmm. having a a conversation with a friend where you're, you're, you're knowing and being known and discovering, Mm -hmm. you know, plumbing each other's minds about a particular topic, you know, about a particular liking, you know, and it's just, it's this gorgeous and edifying foretaste of heaven. Right. You know, there's another place where Lewis was talking about how um, friendship is even better when it's not just the two, um, but when there's when there's three or four, when there's more friends. Because what happens in friendship is, um, again, as we explore the common interest or the, the mission that we're on, um, the different personalities are revealed more. I don't know if I can find the quote immediately. Um, yeah, he says, in each of my, uh, let's see. Above all, Eros, while it lasts, is necessary necessarily between two only, but two, far from being the necessary number for friendship, is not even the best, and the reason for this is important. In each of my friends, there is something that only some other friend can fully bring out. By myself, I'm not large enough to call the whole man into activity. I want other lights than my own to show all his facets. I love that because, again, thinking of friendship on the human level, as well as friendship with the Lord and in Christian community, it's that it's um, we know the Lord— better by knowing other people especially other holy people mm-hmm. that they bring out other other aspects of mm-hmm. god to us that we wouldn't have otherwise seen but also being in community with other christians they bring different things out of us and out of each other and yeah. so that's it community and community of friendship in particular people who are gathered together with their eyes on christ that's where they are known they are knowing and being known mm-hmm. in such a more profound way. Yeah, I'm I'm a big proponent of churches. We're talking about like local churches. Yeah. Um taking into account the entire family. Yeah. Okay. So we have like a little flowers girls club, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm not picking on the the thing. Um but there you get to see the mom and the daughter. And there's a place for that. There really is a place for that. But if we don't have events, now we all kind of know each other and we're all kind of picking from the same mom's group where we all know each other anyway. Okay. Um, so it's not as much of an issue for, for our particular group. Um, but if, if you just take a mom and a daughter and you don't know the husband and the other children in that family, you can't quite understand that woman and her daughter. But then when you have, you know, like an event at your house and you've got the dads talking and the moms talking and you see how the spouses interact and you see how the children interact, you know, it's like you get, you get to understand your friend way better and on an entirely different level. And Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about like a judgmental level, like, Oh, she talks to her husband like that, or they have a bad marriage, but you just, you understand Mm -hmm. their whole context and it, it allows for vulnerability. Then it Mm -hmm. allows for like deeper trust because too, like if, if say your, your kids are only meeting kids in their class and you don't know who their parents are and you have them over your house, like, what do you actually know? Mm -hmm. You know, what do you actually know about them? Mm -hmm. It's a very, it's a very flat view, mm-hmm. you know, but if you have the whole family over and the parents 
and then you see the kid in that context, it's like, it's just an entirely different, full integrated um, friendship, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. You, hmm. Yeah. As you grow uh, in knowledge of that person and not just the surface level knowledge, but the, but the deeper, maybe it's the deeper interconnected experiences. It's like when you go through an experience with somebody, you know, you're both on a bus and it gets Mm -hmm. broke down. You're stuck there the whole afternoon. Like, you feel close to that person mm-hmm. afterwards. And I think part of that closeness, that, that opportunity for friendship is based out of, you know, we both went through this common experience together mm-hmm. and we have this thing in common. And so, especially as you dig in more deeply past the surface, maybe past the masks, past the, not those masks. The, figurative. The, yeah. The figurative <laughs> masks we put up, um, you, you, you discover more similarities in your vocation, your experiences. Mm-hmm. Oh, this person's like me. They, they've experienced these different things. And so that opens up new avenues mm-hmm. uh, for a deeper friendship with people. Yeah. I work for a pilgrimage company. Um, and I, I, I just, I really truly believe in the vocation, the, the calling and the, the sacra- what sacramental, what is it? The sa- whatever, of a pilgrimage, hmm. especially for your local parish, because there is no better way to build lifelong friendships in your parish. Lifelong friendships that like will continue past the change of a pastor. Right. You know, than to take 30, 40 people on a single bus through Europe. Right. <laughs> Because people, all the masks drop, you know, all the facades drop. You're tired. You're hungry. You're in pain. You've been sitting on a bus all day. You're irritated. You're experiencing good things. You're experiencing bad things. You're experiencing like deep spiritual things. You're Mm -hmm. experiencing fights. You know, somebody has to go to the hospital. You know, like the, the kind of experiences that occur are just lifelong experiences Mm -hmm. that solidify if not a friendship, but at least a common love for that other person, right. it is harder to be like, actually, I've been thinking about this a lot, this, um, this last 2020, 2021 with yeah. all that's been going on in the world is that, um, you know, so a f- friends that I work, I was close with mm-hmm. prior to the shutdown and then the election and then all the other things that happened, <laughs> um, we are on different sides of things. Okay. Mm-hmm. But we had a friendship before and that friendship is worth it is worth whatever interference is coming down from above to try to withstand whatever it is. Yeah. And I think that those kind of situations yeah, like pilgrimages where you're, you're taken into a crisis. You mentioned crisis earlier. You're taken into a crisis and you withstand that crisis together Mm -hmm. that even when another crisis comes and perhaps you're on opposite ends of that crisis this time, it's worth, you still remember that you, you want, Hmm. you want this to last somehow. You want it to last past whatever is occurring. Um, And maybe, you know, and in some places, you know, so I, I'm a historian and I focused a lot on like genocides of the 20th century. Isn't that lovely? (laughs) (laughs) That's something I feel like only a a non-mother single person could have been interested in. Cause now that I have kids, I'm like, I don't even want to think about that anymore. (laughs) But sometimes what made the difference was that they knew and had a connection with that person that they were really supposed to kill, Mm. you know, and that's what made the difference. So it, it matters to get to know your neighbors, guys. 
your physical neighbors next well, door to you. Sorry, I got way off track. No, it's good. Can you put us back on? Well, track? Let's, and so let's let's let I me mean, let's, let's summarize a little bit, little okay. bit, because we need to bring it in for a landing here. But um, so that, you know, the first thing we want to say is, you know, Christ calls us into friendship. That's what we have in this gospel from John that we were reflecting on today. The Lord, the Almighty God, the omnipotent, eternal, omnibenevolent God, condescends to become man, our our brother. Our, our fellow, and he invites us into friendship. Now, how does one become a friend, especially in the sense that Lewis is, is exploring for us with the Almighty God? Well, he tells us, do what I command you, not because he's bossy, but because he shows us the way to walk for our best good, but also so that we imitate him, so that not only are we open to friendship with him, but that there is friendship among his his uh, his brothers and sisters. Yeah, he knows how our heart our heart can best become like his. Right, like God's heart. <laughs> yeah, and and we need fellow Christians, and that's another so that's another you know takeaway point for here about friendship too. Friendship is such a, a beautiful, wonderful thing, um, but it's also something that we 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 choose, and we have to choose wisely. You know, we can. Uh, slip into friendships that are very bad or toxic for us. You know, friends who just get together and and, and encourage each other's vices. You know, yeah, encourage their gossip or their whatever it is. <laughs> versus, you know, people who come who choose to come together because they share some mission, some some love. Um, so we need to be wise in pursuing our friends and keeping friends, and sometimes in the course of our lives, letting certain friendships go. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's part of it. Um, but then I think, you know, as, as a final point, and we're going to do a future episode uh, talking more about this, but Christians have a duty to to build a unity and community. And I don't think, I think we take that really for granted, but, you know, Christ prays and commands and calls uh, frequently for his, his disciples to be uni- unified, to be of one mind, one common vision, you know, and, and, you know, throughout the New Testament, St. Paul is often, when he's writing to the churches, he's, he's calling them to community. He said, I appeal to you, brethren, this is in Corinthians, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no dissensions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. Uh, and elsewhere, let's see. Um, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all lowliness and meekness, with patience, forbearing one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Oh, I, I mean, obviously, I live in this culture, and my mind immediately makes me go to factions within the church currently, you right. know, you know. So there are bad things that occur in the church. There are abuses and there are liturgical abuses and there are whatever, but my goodness, we have a catechism, right? Right. We have a catechism of the Catholic church. And if I just stop reading whatever, whatever the, I don't know, there's the pillars out there, one Peter five, I don't know, Matt Fred, all these, I don't know, all, all these, I'm just saying, not saying they're good or bad. I'm just saying if I were just not saying I read them or listen to them. But like, if I were just to stop reading those for a year mm-hmm. and instead read through the catechism, <laughs> maybe I would understand um, what I am what I am defending. Well, I think it you know, goes back to what you or what I'm trying to. The, the, the media, I think, can give us this opportunity to flee away from our actual time and place and location, 
and and form pseudo friendships with these with, with factions, you know, or mm-hmm. with opinions or with websites or with series is when um, those may be good and edifying. Mm-hmm. A lot of them really are. And I know. just thought of the first Catholic news <laughs> things that popped into my head. I didn't mean good or bad, but, for but they're not a replacement for the actual work that we're called to as Christians to mm-hmm. within our, our marriages and with our family, within our families, in our local community, in our parish. It's not just an extra add on. It's it's a it's an obligation. It's part of our vocation as Christians to seek out good, holy friendships for ourselves mm-hmm. and our families, and then to build those and then protect those and to not let external, less important things like news or factions or things mm-hmm. like that interfere with that Christian community of love that we're called to. Yeah, yeah. I know some people hate parish missions. Some people love parish missions. Mm-hmm. But the day that it occurred to me, the absolute necessity of something like a parish mission mm-hmm. was when I realized that we were we were supposed to actually be united as a mm-hmm. parish. Mm-hmm. Like we were, it, it means something that we all belong to St. Rose in right. Perrysburg. It means something and that we should all make an effort on parish mission night when your pastor has decided who they're bringing in yeah. to preach the Holy Spirit filled news yeah. to your parish. We should all make an effort to try to be there, right. you know, um, or to try to get babysitting for it or work with another parish that we can have, you know, ba- tag team babysitting for each other's parish missions or tag team feeding each other for yeah. each other's parish missions so that we can take seriously the fact that everybody at St. Rose is being renewed in the spirit during this time, yeah. you know? Well, wow, so much yeah. more we could say. Ah, Let me yeah. leave with Stop one more. Talking. No, no, it's good stuff. <laughs> Let me leave, leave us with one little more tidbit from Lewis here. He writes later on, we possess each friend, not less, but more as the number of those with whom we share uh, him increases our Lord in this friendship exhibits a glorious nearness by resemblance to heaven itself, where the very multitude of the blessed, which no man can number increases the fruition, which eat, which each has of God for every soul seeing him in her own way, doubtless communicates that unique vision to all the rest that says an old author is why the seraphim in Isaiah's vision are crying, holy, holy, holy to one another. The, the more we thus share the heavenly bread between us, the more we shall all have. So Amen. pursue good, holy friendships. We'll be talking more about friendship. I mean, it's such a, such a fruitful topic. There's a lot, lot to go on there. So thanks again for joining us for this episode of Elevate Ordinary. We, we are grateful that you're here. Uh, I want to remind you, as I did at the beginning, go to awakencatholic.org slash donate, become a part of the nation. Also go to theawakenapp.io and download the app and connect with us there. And also download the Hallow app at hallow.app slash awaken to get a free subscription and to support the ministry. We appreciate that a lot. Hey, good to see you, friends. See you again next time. This show and all media on Awaken Catholic is made possible by the Awaken Nation and the Hollow app. The Awaken Nation is a community of people like you who support all things Awaken for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week and get access to exclusive content. Learn more by visiting awakencatholic.org donate. Hollow is the only audio-guided Catholic prayer app focused on contemplative prayer and traditional Catholic meditation such as Lexio Divina, Daily Examine, and the Rosary. We here at Awaken all use Hollow every day and love it. To learn more or give it a try, visit hollow.app slash awaken.